You're listening to the news and why it matters on demand. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Stu, what was the top story for you? I'm well known for my hashtag tariffageddon. You are. Uh, you are. Most, most well known for <laughs> yes, it. Yes, it's probably the thing I'm most well known for. That was a really for. cool, creative Thank idea you. you had. Thank you. Thank so, you. Congratulations. Uh, we sold uh, $300 million worth of t-shirts. Wow. So just hashtag Good thing you don't have to share it. that with anybody. I know, I don't. There's no one that would need to be shared with because it was right. done. Right. That's, that's all you. That's all you. So I want to talk a little bit about... Uh, tariffs and how they're working, and also, is there a solution? I think we found an actual solution to the trade deficit issue, and we can talk about that. Okay, Pat. I think the caravan's kind of a big deal right now. Yeah, Even though the mainstream media doesn't think we actually care about it because the election's over, mm. uh, I do. Mm. It's reached the border now. Right? Yes, they're okay. at the border. All right, Jason. The biggest news of my entire life, actually, is that I have decided to sue the Dallas Cowboys and the Jones family for press credentials to every single game, especially the Eagles uh, Cowboys game, because I really want to see them. It's a violation of your First Amendment rights. Exactly, Pat. I'm so you glad need you need to be that. there. And you I need want to be there. And not just in the press room. I want no. to be. I want sideline access, right. or I am locker room access. The whole sideline access. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, does again. the Constitution mean nothing? <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. So that's good. Got a lot to get into before we do that. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. I know we talked about this the other day, but uh, the holidays are coming up, and um, I think everyone probably at this table, other than me, is going to be indulging. A little bit more than normal. You're really not gonna. You're not, not eating anything then? extra at all, right? I usually don't. Wow. Seriously? Yeah. You're such well, a you must have amazing willpower. I, yeah, it, it took me a wow. while, but yeah. I would. Yeah. Call, I think I would call it a disappointment. Is what I would call it. As yeah. a as a human being, human to human, it's yes. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is it's a, we're supposed to be thankful for our bounty or something. It's only patriotic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're you're allowed to break that one deadly sin that day. That's you're pretty despicable. Much, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's a better word. That's a better word than disappointing. Well, yeah. Ridizone uh, helps me be very unpatriotic and. Despicable uh, because it uh, helps boost your metabolism and help you feel full, so you're not uh, likely to give in to the cravings. Um, yes, you can indulge on Thanksgiving. I'm just. It's the it days after, time, though, or yes. like, you know, all the stuff is it still hanging around the you. house. It gets hard. It and creeps up on you over the holidays. Five, six, seven day weekends are mm-hmm. not the best idea. Yeah, so uh, you need to make sure that you have, you're all stocked up with Ridizone so that that can help you, so that uh, come February, you're not like, Oh, crap, I just gained 35 pounds over the holidays. You can go to RidiaZone.com and use promo code THEBLAZE to get 30% off of a three-month supply. Do the math. It's like $1.79 a day. That's nothing to invest in in your health and your weight. That is R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. So, Terrafageddon. Terrafageddon. Well, we have uh, some of the um, uh, results of what the tariffs have been doing. We've talked a little bit about the economic problems they've caused, and there have been some. Um, but, you know, still, they, they haven't... It hasn't been a full plethora of of, of tariffs put in yet, but it's, we've seen some effects from it. Um, more than that, though, I wanted to look at what what Donald Trump's um, idea was. What was the because he wanted to solve a very specific problem, which was our trade deficit. That's why we need the tariffs. It's a trade deficit. Here's the latest report. This is from Kiplinger. Uh, September saw the deficit reach 54 billion, a seven month high. The deficit will likely climb 7 to 8% above f- last year's $552.3 billion total by the end of 2018, higher than the 5 to 6% we originally foresaw. The deficit with China reached a new record of $40.2 billion in September. One of the complaints I've had about tariffs, among the many, is that it doesn't even work to fix this problem um, uh, when it comes to trade deficits. And it is, uh, you know, it, it, 
fosters all sorts of other issues. However, I think we should look at, if he wants to solve this problem, uh, there are ways to do it. In fact, there's, there's really only one way. This has really only happened one time in the last you know, 40, 50 years where we've seen a real change uh, in the trade deficit. And let me show you the chart here. You can kind of see where it's, uh, where, where uh, we're on the, uh, so this would be the trade deficit uh, going down. Like, so we're coming back closer to zero, right? So it starts on the left side of the chart. Uh, at a larger deficit, and it goes back up in a really short amount of time. And, and that's the policy you're going to want to replicate, of course, to get this to happen in a long-term way. You could see it's a huge difference there. Now, if you look at the next chart, you can kind of get a little bit of context. Um, what it is, it happened right around October 2008 is when that <laughs> happened. Now, I don't know what policy was switched there. There was something that happened right around October 2008 that made us come right almost back to, to, wow. a, to a surplus, wow. which is a miracle. It's an incredible uh, <laughs> development. Um, and this is what happens with trade deficits. Trade deficits go down for the United States when your economy is in a crap hole. This is this is the the uh, the economic crisis uh, exactly what happened with the trade deficit in one picture and it, you know it's funny because mm. I decided to look at it this a different way and here's another chart now, if you see at the very uh, left side of the chart here um, you kind of just get a little glimpse of it where it's coming down um, and and it comes back up towards where uh, where we are now what that is it, if you looked at that right now you could say that's kind of the economy right like on the left side of that where you can't quite see that's the where the uh, economic collapse was, right? And then we've kind of come, came back up a little bit, but slowly, and we've improved, and now we're at a higher point than we were. That is the trade deficit chart flipped upside down. That is not, has nothing to do with the economy. That's just the trade, the same chart I just showed you flipped upside down. Wow. Uh, and it's, it, this is how clear this is. This is a, we've also hit a, 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 a low in uh, foreign investment in America because of uh, these tariffs now kicking in. And it's like, well, it, that's it, we shouldn't be seeing that now. Or the economy is too strong. We should be seeing more people wanting to invest in America right now instead of mm -hmm. less. Uh, so it, it is a you know all of the. This is again. I, there's a lot of things we praise about uh, Donald Trump on the show. Uh, I think he's done a lot of things that I'm happy with. This is the worst part of his presidency. Forget about yelling at Jim Acosta. Forget about all the other stuff. You know, people, what he's tweeted here or there. This is the actual policy part of his uh, platform that is really damaging, and it is just so misguided. I hope that a Larry Kudlow at some point can break through to him. Um, I just have very little optimism on that point. Yeah, um, I and I, we haven't even seen the worst as far as how much goods are going to cost when all of the, the full effects, the full ramifications of all the, of all the tariffs uh, have come through. And that one, th that one paragraph that you put up there kind of stuck out in my mind where it showed how the, ter the trade deficit went up mm -hmm. over the last couple of months. And I think a lot of that has to do with just panic from a lot of uh, companies that are like, oh my gosh, we have to get all these materials, all these goods, all these things that used to be cheap for us yeah. that are made all over the world. We have to get those right now yeah. to lock in prices maybe for at least another couple months or whatever. But once all of that runs mm -hmm. out, and again, we haven't seen the worst of this. Once that runs out, then they're buying all those same goods that used to cost, I don't know, let's say $5, you know, per whatever. Now they're going to cost like $15 per yeah. whatever. And what happens <laughs> to the farmers? There's so many ramifications to this. Mm -hmm. When you go from uh, selling China a billion dollars worth of soybeans per month to 24 million per month, Incredible. Uh, that's unsustainable for the farmers. What are they going to do is with that all the actual numbers? Yeah. Oh my God. Ninety-seven percent drop. Yeah. Uh, in exports wow. of soybeans. It is unbelievable. Yeah. And, and again, we talked about this a little bit, I think, on uh, radio, Pat, when you were in. Mm -hmm. uh, is that there's a 
there's a theory where a bunch of these seats that, that uh, the Republicans lost in the election were in the areas where the tariffs have hit the hardest. And that makes sense, right? I, you know, yeah. And it's just like, it's, I just don't understand it. It's this, you know, in a way, hit the, the fact that the trade deficit is going up is, is an issue with Trump having, being a victim of his own success in the economy. The economy is strong, so that trade deficit is going to go up. And that is not a that is not a bad thing. It's something that is actually a real positive long term. There's a million different parts of that equation where there's more foreign investment usually comes in to the United States when these circumstances happen. So you don't actually lose this money. The investment comes in in, in, uh, in foreign investment anyway. Um, but it's just like it, this is the thing. Donald Trump is not a popular president historically. He's never had a high, mm. a really high watermark, and, and he does very well with his base, obviously, but he's been between 38 and 48 percent, basically, his entire presidency as far as approval rating goes, and he's held on there, I think, largely because of the economy. The economy's been strong. Yeah, and there's some problems now that yeah. are creeping into yeah. the economy because of the trade. Yeah, uh, and situation. if this thing tanks, that presidency tanks. Oh, it's you, not good. Do you think, really quickly, Jason, do you think that um, he doesn't understand trade deficit and what it actually means, um, the ramifications of the trade deficit. I know we had, I think it was Kevin Williamson on mm -hmm. um, not too long ago, and he went into this and talked about how trade deficit isn't necessarily a bad, you know, a bad, bad thing mm -hmm. in all circumstances. Yeah, it's no, it's I, econ I, economic nationalism. It's all about economic nationalism. Yeah. And I think he actually, I, I think that he definitely aligns with this just based off of his background, but I think a lot of it's Steve Bannon. I mean, that, that's, this is what Steve Bannon was all about. You know, yeah. like nationalism in every way, but economic nationalism. It's, it's, it's politics, really. But I, I also want to point out really quick that trade deficits like this are cyclical and they don't last forever. So like if you would, like back in the 80s, where was everything made back in the 80s? Yeah, oh yeah, Japan. Japan. Japan, right, Japan. Like everyone was like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, Japan's going to yeah. buy the U.S." Now they it's actually, China. Now it's China. Mm -hmm. It was funny. Like back in the day, I think when they bought Rockefeller Center for like a gazillion bazillion dollars, yeah, yeah. it was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that." But the owners said, "What are you talking about? They gave us way more than it was worth. Of course we're going to sell it." Right. But eventually, it swung back the other way. And that is, by the way, the other side I was just talking about. That's where in in, in those eras when we had the trade deficit with Japan, Japan was dumping money back into the United States, yes. and it was still helping the economy. Yeah. It, so the trade deficit didn't even hurt us then. And the same thing is happening now. I mean, you know, we're getting all sorts of investment, and it's been strong. The tax plan, I think, would help that. The tariffs are hurt again, and we're seeing this sort of that those two things war against each other. And this is what happens with developing economies. Economies that are developing, they can afford to pay their workers basically nothing and just push out tons and tons and tons of products at low prices. That's what China's doing. It's not going to last forever. People are talking about this economic like behemoth of China is not going to last forever. They're already wages are already increasing, and they're having to. Where you're already hearing manufacturing places being you know shipped off to places like uh, Vietnam. Uh, even places like Mexico. Like, I would not be surprised if Mexico is the next China at some point because they're going to eventually, a lot of manufacturing, play, if they can fix their cartel problem, <laughs> their crime, crime problem. Yeah. But eventually China will, will go the way of Japan. It'll be a developed economy. And you still have we India have... and Bangladesh and so oh many others that yes. are computer that you can Good do point. things yeah. uh, even cheaper. And to your, to your question, um, does Donald Trump understand this? It's an interesting one. I don't think he, I legitimately do not think he understands how these things work um, uh, correctly. So, like, I would say Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez 
it's not that she doesn't understand what the argument is against a $20 minimum wage, right? She, I'm sure she, she maybe it's not a good example. Bernie Sanders. I'm going to go with Bernie. Yeah, uh, so Bernie Sanders, it's not like he doesn't understand that, you know, well, what about these companies? He just thinks, he just believes what I think is com- uh, the completely wrong viewpoint on that. And, you know, and I think that's where Trump is. It's the one thing he really believes. Uh, I, again, reference anyone to, uh, who happened to read the Bob Woodward book or is thinking about reading the Bob Woodward book. It didn't make a big difference, obviously, in the world, but about a quarter of it is Gary Cohn and others in the administration who come from a more, cons- uh, you know, free market background than Trump, trying to convince him to not do the, tr- the the tariff stuff. And you know, if you read these arguments, I don't see how you you could possibly disagree unless you're just ideologically locked in cement on that issue. And I don't think anyone is going to talk him out of that. That's the one thing I think he believes. If this doesn't work, he'll j- jack him up higher, and he'll keep jacking him up. Yep. And and then he'll blame you know he'll blame that I didn't have him high enough, and they stopped me too much. And he'll come up with a reason because that is like it's central to his worldview, and I, it's damaging. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who could break through with him on that. The only thing is, if it if the economy really collapsed, maybe he would think about changing it. But I don't know. I, I by that point, it may be too. Yeah, late. Yeah, maybe too late. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to get into the rest of the topics, but let's take a quick break. Back in a minute. So it's uh, to hashtag terrifying is the place to go. You'll see all the. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. Before we get into uh, the migrant caravan, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. I know Stu is a big fan of Relief Factor because it's made Glenn uh, bearable. Less awful. To work with. That's the way I like yes, to put it. Yes, uh. because he is out of pain. Um, I also use it. I was in a car accident several years ago, and I have these protruding and herniated discs in my spine. Mm. which is not comfortable, as you can imagine. Um, so I started using it when I started working here. I noticed a difference as well. Jason, I think you've used it as well. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I couldn't run anymore after uh, the Marine Corps. like just destroyed my knees, basically. So yeah. I started using it, and now I can actually run like I used to. It's been great. And it's, All veterans actually should look into this. It's 100% drug-free, which is also a big plus. And it fights inflammation, which is the, um, mm. the, where the real pain usually is. Uh, I think it's like 75% of the people who try it buy it again. So it's obviously working for a lot of people. It's worth it to try it. Try it for three weeks. Get your three-week quick start pack for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. That's 20 bucks that you're going to spend. And uh, the odds are in your favor that you're going to be out of pain. It's it's really worth your time. Uh, relieffactor.com. I started taking it. I can play tuba now. I can play you the play, tuba. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, You've always wanted to play I've the always tuba. wanted to. And wow. then all of a sudden. Mm, that's great. It's life changing. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Thank you for your story, <laughs> Pat. I mean, <laughs> lip pain is usually something. It had nothing to do with lip pain. Simple. I don't know what. I just it just kicked in and I had that knowledge so uh, actually, after taking <laughs> so it. Wasn't, factor. It wasn't like carrying the tuba. You say you no, actually right. learned how to play the tuba. Right. I could just play the tuba for some afterward. It is really a miracle pill. Factor. Pat, <laughs> the migrant caravan. Yes, the migrant it's caravan. Here. We call it, we like to call it a fun invasion because invasion <laughs> is so awful and horrible and racist and xenophobic. I love when you come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun invasion. Look at the fun they're having. I oh, mean, yeah. this is awesome that they, they just taunt our border patrol, just climb up to the top like it's nothing and sit there and then they jump down on the other side. Well, we were assured by the mainstream media 
Uh, they're not even coming here. They're thousands of miles away. They're like a lot, a lot of women and children. Also. Yeah. Oh, look at the babies yeah, who have climbed the fence. I don't yeah. see any. Babies, yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, <laughs> Acosta told President <laughs> Trump specifically they weren't climbing over fences. Yeah, and they're remember that? No, oh, yeah. That's. Trump well, lied when he mm, said that. No, right? well, he, well, I mean, they are just climbing to the top and they're sitting there. That's not necessarily over the fence completely. They <laughs> well, one leg is over. One leg right. is over. They didn't come all the way over and land on the other side. Now, no, if you I watch think. this long enough, you'll see many of them scale back okay. down the other side <laughs> <laughs> to America. Uh, but uh, that's we're supposed to be okay with all this. So that's just the first arrival that happened, what, Monday or Tuesday, of 400 people. And they arrived by bus, by the way. They were not on foot. And now there is, uh, just arriving in Tijuana, another, which is right, you know, like next to San Diego. Um, there's another 900 in 22 more buses, and they're arriving. And then there's three more caravans behind them. And I guess all of this is supposed to be okay. We're not supposed to say anything. We're not supposed to ask any questions. Uh, it was interesting, too, because... Many of the of the migrants were um, at a at a neighborhood in Tijuana, and the residents were throwing rocks at them and telling them to go back to their own country. Wow. Um, now, if that was Americans doing that to these migrants, that would be that would lead every newscast, mm-hmm. every single newscast for weeks, months. We'd be talking about how awful we are. That's one of been, been one of my biggest issues with how they're saying that mm-hmm. just because we don't want illegal immigrants to cross into the country that we're somehow racist or xenophobic because Mexico has is, has a far larger problem than this than we do. And I've pointed this out before, but th- their numbers, their annual numbers of deport- deportations far or uh, well, That's because over- they're not afraid to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They and- just deport you or yeah. put you in jail. I, just like in, pretty much every other country yes, ever. Yes, yeah. except Not us. just that's Mexico. You do. Yeah. Yeah, and they're never do. criticized for being racist or xenophobic. No, no never. It's, just, <laughs> never. It, uh, it's interesting, too, to see the way the media has handled this in, in that um, what they've latched onto is the idea that it was just an election issue. The Republicans don't actually care about the migrant caravan. And so the two ways they've expressed this, there's a viral sort of tweet and Facebook post going around that shows how many times Trump tweeted about the migrant caravan in the lead-up to the election and how much since. And so it was much more beforehand and mm-hmm. much less afterwards. There's another thing, I think it was CNN, went through all the transcripts of Fox News to show that they said the word caravan like 700 times before the election and only 100 times since the election. Oh my gosh. And it's like, well, first of all, part of this is chicken and egg, right? Like when Trump tweets about something, that's all the news can talk about. I bet you the same thing plays out with CNN's coverage. I would love to go through their transcripts. I bet you'd see the same thing. They were talking about it all the time, too, because Trump was talking about it. And they were saying how it wasn't bad. And now that it's not an issue, uh, supposedly. Well, and it was breaking news at the time. It was breaking news. It was was being formed right then. Uh, Yeah, although I will say, like, it is here. Right? Now, these things are yeah. actually arriving. It is a yeah. big issue. It's not something we should let go. The problem with that, if there's a problem with what they're talking about, it's it's the problem of the media reacting to Trump's tweets. That's the problem. The issue is still there. It's still serious. I'm still concerned about it. I know you guys are all still concerned mm-hmm. about it as well. We have to figure well, out a I, way to deal I'm with it. I'm not because I'm not a racist. Oh, that's right. That's right. Of course. <laughs> of course. That's true. I, I say everybody who's not concerned with it, invite 10 of them into your home. Yeah. <laughs> you you just sponsor some of these migrants and bring them into your house and don't ask any questions about who they are, what they're doing here, or what they can do at your house to help around the house. None of those questions can be asked. Just let them in. Great and, opportunity and for Thanksgiving. Great opportunity, I mean, right? yes. This, this video kind of cracks me up, too. Is that a park? 
There's like little pull-up yes. bars and all that stuff. Yeah, there is a park. What there. a perfect setting for a pull-up <laughs> bar yeah. right next to the border yeah, wall. You train. You get ready. <laughs> you train. I like that too. I will say this: uh, just a recommendation to uh, all of our friends uh, in Central America: learn to swim. You could swim right around the fence. You don't have to climb over it. <laughs> yeah. Just Maybe swim right around it. It's not out. far at all. It's not far. You could hang onto the fence the whole way. You don't have to swim. You're gonna get a little wet. But that's about it. Like that's actually like much. And easier. some of them are, as we see there. Is like uh, some of them got the idea eventually and did go around the fence. <laughs> Um, also, also going off what you said, yeah. Not not only just invite them in your house, but move down, move your house to the border. I've actually been yeah. down there before, and it is scary. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people, I, I've, I've, you drive around some of these houses, and a lot of people have signs up, you know, saying if you do cross into my property, you will be shot. I mean, and that's not just some crazy guy. This is like someone protecting his family because they've had the stuff stolen out of their family. Yeah, it's they've been living with it. Yeah, they live with that. Now imagine, like, you don't want anybody to do this, uh, do anything about this. You want to continue to allow the border to be open and for people to just cross over at will try living there try living there the vast majority of people and this is this is also very infuriating a lot of the loudmouths on this a lot of the people that well pretty much everyone that is so passionate about having open borders they don't have to deal with the ramifications right ever yeah. They live in very, very, you know, well-to-do neighborhoods. They don't live in other neighborhoods that are going to be right next door. You know, they don't live in the poorer mm-hmm. neighborhoods where a lot of the uh, people that are illegal are going to eventually move in. They mm-hmm. don't have jobs that are going to get taken. I mean, th- th- I, some people, somebody that listening to this might might think that that sounds racist, but it's just true. They don't have to live with the ramifications of illegal immigration, so they don't care. Well, so it has like, nothing to do with race. I don't care if they're all Irishmen. I, you can, you yeah. come here the right way. Yeah. yeah. I don't, it's it's not about race. Yeah, your first step in the country should not be your first crime in the country. Right. I and mean, that's not a good way of handling immigration. And to, to c- continually say that all of these people are completely wonderful, brilliant uh, family people is ludicrous. Some of them are like any group of 8,000 right. people. Right. Some of them are going to be bad apples. Yes, they're not immune to having right. some criminals within yeah. their ranks. The answer yes. to this is obviously just some kind of immigration reform. It, it is ridiculous what it takes to actually become a citizen of the United, of the United States, especially if you come from, come from South America. My wife's family is all from Mexico. My father just... We should pa- streamline. Uh, my, yes, my, my father-in-law just mm-hmm. passed away a few months ago, um, pretty much because he worked himself to death. Worked himself to death. And I felt so sorry for him because he, he did it the right way. He spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars getting the, getting the lawyers, all that stuff to get it done. He spent like, what, over, over 10 years with a green card working to, mm-hmm. to, that you have to do to, to actually become a citizen. And where was he from? He was from Mexico. Okay. So, I mean, he did it the right way, and it literally killed him to mm-hmm. do it. I'm like, oh. it should not be this hard. Yeah. It really shouldn't. No. Have we seen any um, poll numbers or anything on members of the Hispanic community in the United States and what they, how they feel about this issue? Because, I, I mean, as the resident Hispanic mm. here, uh, I, I mean, my grandparents migrated here. One was from Spain, one was from Mexico. And I feel like, you know, there are members of my family who, they don't like this. They don't want to see right. this happening because they're like, we worked so hard. My wife's family is the same. Okay, yep. so yeah. there are out there. I just wondered if we, if you guys have seen any kind of polling numbers on how they feel. Because to me, it's a slap in the face. Yeah, and I would think I would take that the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, there's obviously a divide there. And certainly the Democrats, it seems like both sides believe yeah. the way to win Hispanic voters is to pander to them being able to come here illegally. <laughs> but we've talked about this forever, Pat, going mm-hmm. back to the Pat's two days. If the Republican Party would instead embrace... Uh, a better process for legal immigration yep. and, and, and praise it and say well, how important it is to our society. Right. It is. And, right. and, and make that easier. And, and, and you still have screening process, all of that. 
but you know, still enforcing our borders, that combination is a winning combination. I think most Americans believe in that combination of policies. Yeah. We could learn a lot of lessons from um, the LGBTQQIA plus group. They didn't uh, harp on being against traditional marriage. They hop, harped on, we want to be, have the opportunity to have same-sex marriage. Yeah. And they won. If we would have been the same, if we, would have, if we would have promoted the positive instead of accentuate the negative, we would have won this argument a long time ago. Yeah, great point. All right, back in a minute. Hey, it's Sarah Gonzalez, and if you like what you're hearing on this program, you should check out the Glenn Beck Program. The podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Stu, did you finally get to uh, pay someone to come join us at the M1 ball tomorrow? Uh, no, yes, uh, no, we did not. Actually, we gave away, we tried to give away the tickets, and the last person, it was actually really cool, the last person was working at a food bank, and so could not come, or a food pantry, and so could not come. She was working. That's dedication. Was, that's awesome. That's and really great. So instead of paying the, whatever $5,000 it was to fly her down here and put her up in hotels, Glenn donated the $5,000 to her food pantry. So oh, nice. Was, yeah, it was actually really cool. That's oh, awesome. good. It was much better than a stupid day with us because it would uh, <laughs> yeah. do much more good. Well, and that's what the first two people thought too, right? Yes, they, yeah. the, what they were doing was way better than hanging. Well, one of them was I a mean, Hawaii, Hawaii vacation. Hawaii. I was like, yeah. yeah, I kind of agree, yeah. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Can I come with you? But yeah. it is. But it is. Uh, it's tomorrow. Yeah. There's still time to bid. Uh, right. yep. There's and, still time to bid. Get in the raffle. Mm-hmm. For a free car, Mercedes. That would be nice. $100 for a Mercedes. That's a not a bad deal. Yeah, you can go to mercuryone.org slash m1ball. We will all be there. Hope to see you there. Underscore um, no, there's mercury no, there's not. slash backslash no, there's squiggly <laughs> line. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Jason, I'm really excited about your lawsuit (laughs) for your First Amendment rights to be on the Cowboy sideline. I'm wondering if I can actually be in on this lawsuit as well. Well, well, I encourage everyone because this is about the Constitution. Right. This is about the First Amendment. If ever there was a time to fight for the Constitution, (laughs) it is now. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, so the the news is that a a, a Trump-appointed judge, actually, uh, decla- sided with CNN's lawsuit and said that uh, it was unconstitutional against uh, unbelievable infringing uh, uh, Jim Acosta's ri- uh, First Amendment rights to take away his hard pass. So the uh, administration was forced to give back his hard pass today. And it's such a crazy precedent. And uh, I mean, mm. on so many different levels, the, the precedent. Well, for one, let's just talk about Acosta's behavior in, in the press room. Mm-hmm. So ne- right now, without enforcing any rules whatsoever, the precedent set now is you can do whatever you want in that room. You can be as unruly as possible. You can, f- mm-hmm. you can f- have to force the President of the United States to tell you to sit down and shut up, basically. And, and, still, and still defy it and, and not Nothing. yield the floor and not stop asking. You can not stop asking questions of the President regardless of who else is in the room that hasn't asked a question. It's or, unbelievable. Or who is trying to take away the microphone to give it to someone else. Right. 
and nothing will happen to you. There, there's, yeah. there's, they, they will not enforce the rules. Are there any rules to begin with? I started looking into this, and I can't even tell who would enforce the rules. So it really shouldn't be the administration, in my opinion. I would assume it would be under the White House Correspondents Association. Maybe? Yeah, because, I mean, look, the, 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 there is a freedom of the press, right? Like, it would be weird for the president to be making rules, per se. Like, there's an understanding that you act like a human being, and you, you yeah. treat people with and respect. He didn't. And he, he doesn't. Didn't. He doesn't. He's awful. I mean, there's no question he's awful. But there's, there's unspoken rules, and I get how the government couldn't be, I guess, involved in enforcing those. But if you, you've already empowered the uh, White House Correspondents Association to actually kind of manage yeah. it, yeah. like the credentialing mm-hmm. goes through them, mm-hmm. the seating arrangement, who's where, that goes through them. Yeah. You would think that there would be a... At least least, if anything, a handshake rule between all of them. If you go in, like, okay, we are granting your credential. We, you are coming in this time. These are the rules. These are the gentleman, uh, gentleman rules that yeah. you know you have to follow. If you don't, you're not, probably not going to get your uh, your credential uh, approved next time. Yeah, or and something. It, and as far as the suit goes, first of all, it was just a temporary. They just a temporary injunction, so the, the suit isn't over. But I mean, the suit as a whole is completely ridiculous. Like, constitutional rights aren't only passed to members of the White House correspondence or like organization association. Like, if 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 Jim Acosta has a constitutional right to sit in that room, we have a constitutional right to sit in that room. Mm-hmm. That is the way it works. Uh, you know, that is a right that is passed out to everyone. It does. It's not selective. Um, so it's a completely ridiculous argument, and I do think they will uh, lose it eventually. Um, but I, you know, I think there's a difference between the legal argument and you know, from a strategy position, um, you know, for, you know, like th- this is whether it's the right thing to do. Like for example, like I believe uh, with that Donald Trump has 100 percent constitutional authority to fire Bob Mueller and get that out of there. You know, keep keep, keep hiring new, uh, you know, uh, attorney generals to yeah. until some one of them will fire. He has that right. He can do that. Is that a good move? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the no. answer to that is no, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense for him politically. It's not a good precedent to set. If he does it, they, the Democrats will all sue and say it's a, it's a, it's a violation of, of, of the Constitution. But it won't be. He's actually okay to do that. It's just a, a bad move. That's where I am with the Acosta thing. I, like, I understand he deserves it. He's awful. But all he wants out of this is to be a star. He wants to be the face of the journalist who's been wronged. He wants to be martyred into this celebrity. And Donald Trump is handing it to him. And it's just it's so frustrating because this guy, no one knows who he is. Only people in the White in Washington circles before this had any idea who Jim Acosta was. He's been terrible this entire time, and now he's elevated into a one-on-one battle with the President of the United States. And I hate that outcome so much. I would much rather ignore him when he comes in here for these press conferences uh, with with his new temporary hard pass. I would assume they're just going to pick everybody else yeah. in the room. Yeah. And that yeah. is a fine outcome. Yeah, I, w- I want to see someone actually break down the, the situation like in depth because there's, I have a lot of questions on it. And a lot of people haven't even <laughs> explained what was taken away from him and what he could have done without the hard pass. So there's a couple of different things you can get to get access to these things. One is the hard pass. Basically, what the hard pass means is that, look, you've got anytime you pretty much want to come in here. It's all access, basically. It's all access. You you are granted every single time there's a press conference. You can just come right on in. Now, most journalists don't get that. Only, like, the the, the bigger names get that. Mm -hmm. Most journalists, like, let's say if Stu uh, had had a press uh, credential or was approved to get one, he would have to apply every single week or every day to get a temporary, a daily pass. Mm -hmm. That's the vast majority of what people do. Now, when, when Acosta had his hard pass taken away, 
He didn't have a date. His 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 right to go in or to apply was was not taken away. Right. So he could have just like everybody, all the other schlubs. Mm-hmm. And again, that probably goes towards his ego and CNN's ego. They weren't going to have their men and see mm-hmm. and then big time Acosta wasn't going to wait in line like the rest of us schlubs. So I'm I'm assuming he didn't even try to even attempt to uh, apply for a, a temporary daily pass. Mm-hmm. I don't know that for sure, but I've heard, seen nobody talk about that. I'd love CNN to comment on that. But let's just say he did. Now, I think the, the case for, uh, the, against the Trump administration is a lot stronger if, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, against the Trump administration is a lot stronger if they did, in fact, send Acosta up there every single day to apply for the daily pass. Then it's more like a blacklist of the guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, they didn't, But they didn't. As far as I can tell, they didn't. He was still able to do what everybody else could do. But, I mean, okay, you mentioned the possible outcome of blacklisting, which you're saying they, did, they didn't do. But my question is, even if they did, if CNN has, you know, a hundred other reporters yeah, that are allowed these things, then who— They like, could have easily I, done that. Yeah, and they, and they, like, they, I'm okay with certain reporters from certain yeah. networks being blacklisted. So at what point is it okay to so how blacklist is that, him? So how is that hampering CNN's— uh, press rights at all. It's not. They still have access to him. If there's one certain reporter who has shown that he's out of control, that's not a First Amendment right to me. Devil's advocate on that one point, and from CNN's perspective, if essentially what's happening is the Trump administration or any administration is vetoing reporters from a news organization, they're going to, uh, there's the idea that they could eventually veto the ones they don't like and wait until you put Put in ones that are going to be nice to me, essentially. Right. And if they keep vetoing people, there is a precedent there that is dangerous. I understand sure. CNN saying... Well, if it's habitual, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a right, issue. One exactly. person, but one until, time. Until you get to that point where you start going down that slippery yeah. slope. If it's someone with documented yeah. history of Because this guy's behavior. behavior warranted, I think, yeah. getting kicked out of there. Yeah, I, and, your, and your point goes exactly... A lot of people couldn't understand why Fox News was backing CNN. Well, it's because Fox News isn't stupid. They know that there could be a new president. There could be a, a mm-hmm. president, Bernie Sanders... Mm-hmm. In two years, what do you think the first thing they're going to do the first time a Fox yeah, News yeah. correspondent asks them a, 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 a you know, question? Yeah, right. they're going to kick him out, Boom. and, and they because go, the precedent was set. Right. Keep, you know, keep uh, we're going to keep rejecting people until you give me a Shepard Smith, right? Like, and, and it's like, well, that 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 should be the the news organization's decision of who they send. But again, uh-huh. you still have to play nicely in the sandbox, and there's yeah. no reason. You know, Jim Acosta is all about him, and he doesn't care about the truth. He cares about his celebrity status. And that's not going to be cured um, by this at all. You know, it's a big problem. I mean, I think the best thing you can do is ignore him. I mean, it's just like people say that they always say. I think that'd be great. Never call him. Never call him. Never call on him again. Call another CNN reporter. Just never call him. Well, and just the the fact that Trump can know deep down that it's going to burn him so badly to be in that room and Uh not be called on ever. (laughs) They've gone down this road with him before, and he'll still yell questions without the mic. Without he still does. I mean, other people do that too. Yeah, but people do it. Just ignore him. Not to that level. No, just ignore him. He's the worst. I saw one where he was specifically stood up and goes, "You have failed to call on CNN." He'll be doing that every single press conference. Every single yes, one. he will. But I mean, again, so, so, so yeah. what? Let him. Uh, but remember, Trump does like two press conferences a year. Like that's right. not, this is not like a daily occurrence. I mean, Sarah Huckabee Sanders might have to deal with this, but Trump is never in front of the press corps like that anyway. It's really a, it's really a minor issue. Yeah. Uh, Stu, a New York City councilman, wants to spy on bar patrons. Oh, I think everyone will think this is a great development. Um, now, look, we have uh, the, you guys heard about the hashtag Me Too mo- movement. Um, this is obviously very important, and should uh, we should give up all of our liberties? I think uh, because there's a hashtag movement going on. Um, there's issues, as you know, with uh, with uh, bar- with uh, men harassing women. 
Um, and so what better way to... I didn't know that. You didn't know this. No. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> There's it's been instances of men harassing several, women? Several. Oh, wow. Several. Um, I mean, let me, I'll, I'll say one uh, word here. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh? Uh, the ultimate <laughs> rapi- gang oh, right. rapist, gang who is, yeah. you know, so he's he's no example number one for sure. Uh, but uh, you know, so the uh, the issue is a lot of these things are more nuanced than a uh, than a gang rape uh, situation like Brett Kavanaugh's. A lot of them are like, okay, there's some harassment in a bar, maybe, maybe someone's un- not so uncomfortable, maybe there's a groping situation in a bar. There's a lot of ickiness, uh, certainly in New York City. Um, so uh, one councilman has said, like, what we'll do is we have to require every bar. Uh, nightclub, um, I think restaurant was involved in this as well. Um, and what you'd have to do is have cameras monitoring the entire bar all the time that are cer- of certain quality, pointed in a certain direction, and available to anyone who, who happens to make a, a complaint about uh, this sort of harassment. So there'll be cameras plastered everywhere. Now, of course, there's obviously wow. security cameras at some level, but these are different. These are high-level, like light-sensitive cameras so that if someone in a bar says something's going on, um, they can, uh, they will always be footage of it. Um, so <laughs> they basically want to turn it into a, uh, you know, a state where every single thing you're doing is monitored at all times. Now, of course, uh, you know, like some, you know, sometimes like privacy in a, in a, yeah. in a situation where you're, where you're uh, hitting on the other sex or the same sex might be maybe you're someone who uh, usually hits on the opposite sex and you want to go to a place that you're hitting on the same sex. These are not things you should have some level of privacy when you're going out into these fields. Um, but the best thing is the sign that they, they're going to force everyone uh, to, to, to post. In every bar, restaurant, and club in New York City, if this goes through, they are going to put a sign up that says consent is mandatory. Stop. Now, you can read that two ways. Yes, you have to consent. Uh, you have to get your consent. But the if somebody is, propositions you, you have, you, to have yes. to, you have to say yes. You must consent if someone propositions you. Which I think is the ultimate dumb government thing. right? Like oh, the, the sign might mean the exact opposite of what they're intending. Uh, now, I assume most people would probably understand. We are so heading towards Minority Report. Can you imagine? Oh, I was just thinking of that. Once movie, they though. hook up. Uh, artificial intelligence to that to say oh, you won't have to report it it'll report you for you so the police mm-hmm. are waiting for you when you walk out but, but then it gets even better so predictive technology on that let's say I, I'm a little too aggressive when I'm like hey Sarah what's up you know what I mean mm-hmm. I, you have done, done that, that many times. I, I, I've done that to Pat multiple times yes um, I so, enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> um, but before that could be interpreted as oh he's about to you know yeah. be yeah. aggressive mm-hmm. with somebody yeah. so that's wow that I, scares the crap and out. predictive policing in some ways is fantastic like they've we've seen real uh, decreases in crime because that you know they know certain areas at certain times have issues so they'll, they'll move police into certain areas where that become high crime areas at certain particular moments when certain bars get out or whatever it is and that has helped that doesn't mean you get convicted of a crime before you do it and i do feel like with all the ai and all that stuff that that is going to come it is mm-hmm. uh jason celine celine nunu oh my gosh this is and pat i don't think you've seen this yet have you? i can't oh, wait this, i can't Wait this is going to be maybe one of the most creepy things you'll see all <laughs> really. Year. And so bad. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a children's uh, clothing or baby's clothing called Nu Nu Nu. Have you yeah. ever heard of this? No, I'd never heard of it either. I, thankfully, I had never heard of it. But apparently, there's a huge issue nowadays, and especially with companies like Nu Nu Nu. But they apparently they sell pink clothes and blue clothes, and they they're pushing that on our kids and forcing them oh. into you know a certain gender identity. Oh. Oh. Honestly, it's terrible. That's hateful. Yeah. Bull crap. 
bigoted. <laughs> um, but Celine Dion is here to save the day. Oh, good. Um, her heart will go on for these, um, for these, uh, for this issue. And um, so she did this uh, this campaign ad, or not campaign ad, but this like commercial for this new clothing line. And I don't think I, I want to show the second part first. So maybe we can show the very first part of it because there's just creepiness the on, on multiple different levels. Very first part of the second clip. No, the, I think it's the first clip where it's talking about our children. Okay. okay. Can we see that real quick? Our children. They are not really our children. What? As we are all just links in a never-ending chain that is life. For us, they are everything. But in reality, we are only a fraction of their universe. We miss the past. They dream of tomorrow. We may thrust them forward into the future, but the course will always be theirs to choose. Okay, shut up, Celine. <laughs> our children are not our children? What kind of uh, Marxist bullcrap is Where did that? they come from exactly then? Gosh. So this is, the, this is the typical progressive Marxist ideology of, no, they don't belong to you. Yeah. They belong to the community. Mm -hmm. And in fact, and I won't, I won't go full on nerdsville on this, but the yeah. very first uh, communist commune set up in the United States actually had a system like that. You kept your kids until they were about six, six years old, but then you were man to hand them over to the commune, and they took it from there. They took over all education, they took over uh, placing them wow. in their future jobs, all that Jeez. stuff. And you were just kind of the person that was there for the first six years. You weren't really their parent. Mm. This is where, this is the ideology where this junk comes from. I'm gonna cuss because this is really getting me worked <laughs> up. Um, but th so this didn't even belong in the ad. So you can see what she's setting up. Like they belong to choose, you know, like, the, you know, mm -hmm. like we don't choose their gender for them. And then it gets. Orwellian. Take the trailer. what I want my newborn baby wearing. Okay. Order. This is a So what is the point here? Right. Great. <laughs> right. Very, very good point. point. Exactly. Yeah. Is the point. <laughs> the, the point is that, that we're... You are a terrible person for forcing your babies, which be... aren't actually yours, to be the <laughs> a gender. A boy or a girl. Yes. Yeah, because they hurt clothes. You. If you see at the end when she blows the sort oh, of ash yeah. over the kids, it, they, they're wearing black and white clothes, and that's that's apparently what she's selling. It, we really, I really had no idea wow. what she was talk, talking about mo through most of it. I kind of took the perplexed wow. take at that article, but it, uh, that uh, um, uh, campaign, uh, ad campaign. But it's, it's one of those things where, like, it's so bizarre, mm -hmm. and the idea that you're going to just dress like the babies... In black, in, and in black and white, <laughs> and then in addition and the to it, toys were yeah. all black. The other thing that you missed in this, because we, we were only playing the, the substantive parts of it, there's also an ongoing joke where like she she gets caught in there, and they the police chase her, and she is just saying to them over and over again that I'm oh you can't arrest me, I'm Celine Dion. And like she's oh all, gosh. it's so wow. Weird. Oh yeah, she broke into that hospital, so that was the context of like so she breaks into it. Breaks into the nursery of a hospital to to change their clothes, them. which yeah. is not not creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. No, not, not at, at all. all. 
<laughs> well, and she's not their mother, but I guess that's not important because it, it takes a village. Yes, our. Although to me, it takes the village people to raise a child. I, I love also <laughs> I think, like you know, like the, you got the Indian, you mm -hmm. got the motorcycle cop, yep. you got the construction worker. Mm -hmm. You had a lot of diversity there yep. to raise the child. So. I love also that it says uh, you're only a fraction of their universe. Like yeah. No, I mean, I, I like keep you're not them alive. You're, I you're feed not them. Right. I, like, I'm like, pretty sure I'm a little more important than a fraction. Well, let's be honest. The, the, it's true in reverse. Yeah. When you're a right. baby, your whole universe is your parents. Yeah. Yes. When yeah. you are an adult, not your whole universe. Is, yes, you want to say, of course, oh, they're my whole life. But right. in reality, I'm at work right now, and mm -hmm. my kids are at school. <laughs> right? Like, I, like, yes, they're a huge part of my life, but it's actually the exact opposite of what she said. <laughs> yeah. that's, but that, that's, you know, to, if Glenn were here, he'd be saying postmodernism. <laughs> but that's exactly what that is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is a great example of it. It really is. Uh, all right. Remember to tweet us your questions, your comments. If you want to get super personal with the guys, always make we sure to tweet it. We yes. Pat Gray especially. <laughs> tweet it using the hashtag TheBlazeY. That's W-H-Y. Uh, Saves84. Now, he wanted Glenn's take on this, but you know what? You got us. So you're going to get uh, the tweet that he sent us. He wants your feedback on. There was a tweet that he saw, uh, hey, Blue State Dems, have you considered moving to a red state? A migration of only 50,000 people would turn some red states blue for the Senate and Electoral College. Think about it. Wide open spaces, low cost of living, and an outsized say in our <laughs> politics. Indeed, 75,000 people would flip Florida. Wow. Is that scary? Uh, yeah. It's scary. First of all, I don't think it's true either. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's the way that works. I know it, libertarians tried to do this in New Hampshire, where they had wanted, they, they wanted to get 20,000 libertarians to move there that would change the policies of the state. There was a whole movement on it. And it was an interesting idea because they, they picked a small state intentionally, and mm -hmm. they you know, like wanted to really change that, a, a state that's relatively familiar with libertarianism anyway. Mm -hmm. um, didn't work. I don't know if anyone's noticed. They haven't won any Senate seats there. Um, at least hasn't worked yet. Um, but first of all, it's not... It's, it's ridiculous. It's not going to actually work. But uh, we, we get there's plenty of uh, liberals moving down here for all of those reasons. All the reasons I love that the disconnect. Yeah, there. it's amazing. I, the craziest stat I thought of this entire election, all the crazy stuff that's happened. This is the craziest stat I think in the entire uh, entire thing. Uh, the Texas election between Beto and Cruz, among P native Texans, Beto won. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Among among imports, Cruz won, and that's really? how Cruz won the election. And I thought that was interesting. And at first I thought it was like, what? That makes no sense at all. But after a minute, I thought about it. And it's like, well, we're the ones that chose it, right? Like, I'm, a, I'm a, not a native Texan. I moved down here because yes. I love Texas and what it stands for and what it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know. The Texans who have lived in a bubble this whole yeah. time don't understand yeah. what could happen. Right. And maybe their parents understood that, yeah. those principles. But, you know, maybe at this point they've changed. It's crazy. Oh. Yeah. And, and what cracks me up is there are caravans already moving out of these states. You don't have to call for them or organize them. Yeah. They're moving out of California and New York in mass yeah. in greater than 50,000. I think it's like 100,000 a year from California. So that's already happening. And, and it's, happening because they voted, it's happening because they voted blue, you could argue. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. And then yes. she points out in that tweet, low cost of living. Yeah. Hey, chick, why do you think there's a low cost of living in these places? Because yeah. we have your progressive chick. craziness. Hashtag me too. <laughs> But that's a, there's a very real reason why it's easier to live in these states. It's easier pudding. on business regulation. <laughs> he meant pudding. Totally if you yeah. called him pudding, it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm looking for, the, uh, here's the poll. 
so the poll question is, do you think a federal judge should have ordered the Trump administration to restore Jim Acosta's White House press pass? Oh, come on. Let us know. It's going to be 0%. Yeah. <laughs> 0%. If you get one vote. Have we ever had a unanimous one? This one might be unanimous. I don't think we have. So we'll <laughs> test that We'll test that on this one. That's what we, maybe that's what we should do. We should just try to go for unanimous yeah. ones. Let's yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let us know at The Blaze Twitter. That is at The Blaze. And thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys Monday. Do you agree with the proposed 100% tax rate? We should try that. Yeah, you get smart. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.